Ahoy folks, and welcome to the Canadian Professional Piercer Podcast, the podcast where we talk with other piercers about their hobbies and the exciting adventures they get up to when they're not piercing. I'm your host, Jason Friday. I eat Pierce out of Piercings by J, Royal City Adornments in Guelph, Ontario. I'm also a proud member of the Juniper Jewelry Pro Team and the Stiletto Disposable Piercing Supply Pro Team. Tune in for every episode to find out who we're talking to and what they like to get up to when they're not piercing. Without further delay, let's get into this week's episode and find out who we're chatting with. Ken, where are you? Hi. 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 <laughs> where are you? Where do you pierce? What's your social? Hi, so, hi, uh, I'm Ken Seiler. For those of you who don't know me, uh, I am currently piercing in Kelowna, BC, Canada, and I work for Instinct Adornment uh, under Jenna and Theo. Some of you might know them from uh, conference. Theo teaches at conference with Elaine, usually the uh, 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 anatomy course. Yes, that's it. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so I've been piercing professionally since 1992. Wow, which makes me uh, older than fucking dirt. Oh, I don't know if I should swear or not. Oh, Sorry you, can, that. you can swear. I don't care. Okay. Um, yeah, we're all adults here. Yeah. Well, you know, you never know. Some people get upset by cursive. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. What else? Uh. Yeah. Um. The location I'm at is new. We've been open for approximately a year. And right. so, yeah, just building uh, building a new business in a new city and trying to survive uh, pandemic life. And, right. And, and yeah. how is that going out there? Um, well, the city I'm in is absolutely beautiful. Kelowna Excellent. is a gorgeous, gorgeous city. Um, but of course, with the pandemic going out and meeting people and doing things has made life a little bit difficult. Yes. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So. Um, are, do they have any, does BC or your city have any like pandemic restrictions going on right now? Uh, so currently, uh, we're still wearing masks everywhere we go, uh, right. as we should be anyway. Um, they have just limited, uh, indoor seating uh, for restaurants and things like that. So they've shut all that down for the next couple of weeks. Okay. Um, but other than that, it's pretty much just been, you know, wear a mask, wash your hands. Don't be dumb. Right. 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 Which right. is the don't be dumb is the, the hardest part. I think everyone is struggling with. Well, after, <laughs> after a year, people are like, you almost, I, I don't want to say you forget that you're in a pandemic, but after a year, it's almost like, I found it's very 50-50. Either people are still like 100% on board doing all the things. Right. And the other 50% is like, to hell with this. I'm over it. I don't want to do it anymore. Right. Yeah. And I get that. Like, even something as simple as like, I'm going to go for a hike on the trail. And, you know, you're just out with you and a household member. And then you come across another group of people. And then you're like, oh, shit, I forgot a mask. <laughs> yeah. So you pull your shirt up over your face. Right. And, yeah. You know, and try and stay six feet away, and yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I think masks are going to be a new normal moving forward. Right, right. Lots of masks co coming up. Um, 
So restaurants don't have indoor dining, but you're still open and piercing. Yes. Cool. Um, yeah, um, I'm also doing, I might get blasted for this, but we are doing under the mask piercings. Okay. And the reason why we are comfortable doing so is I have like a full respirator and I wear a face shield. Like I take all of the steps to make sure that I'm safe and that my clients are safe. Okay. Uh, if we did not have those PPE in place, I don't think we would be doing under the mask. Right. Um, but in conversations with our health board, that seems to be the okay way to go. So, so that's what we're doing. Have you noticed, um, because you've, you've brought that up, of course, I'm going to ask, have you noticed any healing issues with under the mask piercings? Um, well, we... As part of our aftercare, we do stress, of course, keeping the piercing as dry as possible. Uh, so people are really on board with that. And mm -hmm. I really haven't seen many, if any, issues. Uh, it's been pretty, pretty rare. Right. Um, swelling has been kind of the bigger thing that I'm seeing is more swelling issues. More swelling, right. But other than that, nothing. I've, I've been noticing myself more swelling even on just... Um, like upper helix or anywhere that the ear loops might be going around. Yeah. Um, I have had some issues with conch piercings because the mass straps sit directly right. on right. the back of the piercing. Yeah. So I've had to uh, upsize a few conch piercings to a fair right. length. Yeah. But, you know, again, I just advise to swap to a tie behind the head mask as opposed to an ear loop. Right. Or I'll, uh, um, I try to stock uh, ear savers that I just give to my clients. Um, oh, that's fire. Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, once they leave the studio, I don't know if they're going to keep using it or not. But <laughs> As a story with anything, I, I always right. say, when you walk out the door, you do you, but, you know, don't come crying right. to me when you have problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, what are the piercings that you like doing? What's popular out in BC right now? Oh, well, what's popular right now is what's popular everywhere. Nostrils and earlobes all day long. Fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah, I have definitely seen an uptick in earlobes over the last, I would say, year, but eight, six months. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, the Kamloops location has always been pretty busy with earlobes because uh, we do focus on, like, smaller children. Okay. Uh, we pierce three years and up. Okay. Um, as long as the child can give consent and all the things, right? Right. Um, and of course, with uh, we try and do them at the exact same time. So we have two piercers. Yep. And do them tandem. And it's a really good experience for the kids and they love it and all the things. Um, so yeah, I'm finding that's still pretty a pretty big thing. Um, as for me personally, what piercings I like to do... Uh, everything mostly fair, fair um, enough i love to pierce right. uh, i think if i had to do like pick absolute favorites um i would say like nipple piercings are probably one of my favorite piercings to do um the reason being is that so many women are self-conscious about their breasts and have body issues and things like that and i get to do something that makes them feel pretty no okay and that nice. is and that's totally worthwhile i mean boobs whatever everybody has boobs i could care less um or uh, anything symmetrical like paired nostrils ear projects like something that's a little bit of a challenge is always super fun right. to do 
Um, speaking of, uh, I did get to uh, fulfill a unicorn. Oh, what what would you do? I did the third nipple. Nice, yeah, nice. First one in uh, first one in my career ever. That is uh, uh, that was about eight months ago, I guess. Yeah, those. That that's uh, I don't want to say that's like every piercer's dream to do, but I know it's definitely like on my bucket list. Yeah, it's been on yeah. my list for years, and uh, a couple came in, and I pierced uh, the guy's wife, um, pierced her nipples, and she was super happy, and then he was like, I'm going to get one done. So, all right, and as we're doing the anatomy check and doing all the things, I'm, I'm like, am I crazy, or do you have a third nipple? And he's like, yeah, I do. And I was like, that is amazing. You know, human bodies are awesome. So we kind of did the piercing, carried on. Then he came back about a week later and he's like, yeah, I want to do the third one. I was like, yes. Nice. Nice. Yes. And for people out there that are not piercers, this is two piercers geeking out over a really rare piercing. This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was, yeah. uh, that was pretty fun. Um, so our, uh, the nipple was actually right below the, the, main nipple right so we're basically once everything's healed up we're going to do sort of an orbital oh cool yeah cool so for those of you who don't know an orbital is a ring that goes through two piercings basically uh not a conch piercing um, <laughs> stupid internet <laughs> uh yeah so that's kind of our end goal um cool but of course we're all busy with you know things so he hasn't met, been in for a checkup but it should be anytime now i think Nice. Nice. That's, uh, I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All of my coworkers were pretty jealous uh, yeah. when I announced it in our uh, little staff chat. Nice. So. Were you like, guys, guess what? Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> big cap letters. Guess what I get to do. Nice. Yeah. I love it. danced around the studio for, you know, a good 20 minutes over that. So cool. <laughs> cool. Oh yeah, are you on social media? Did we cover that? Did we do that? Oh yeah, no, I didn't do my social media <laughs> handles. Uh, yes, I am on social media. Um, uh, Facebook is just my full name, Ken Seiler. Uh, Instagram is at Piercer Guy. Um, I got rid of Tumblr and I got rid of Snapchat, and I have Reddit, but I don't use it. Uh, <laughs> I usually just use Reddit to scroll like crazy things. Right. Uh, I don't really post. I was really active on Reddit. I don't know, probably it's 10 years ago in one of the subreddits and it got ridiculous and I got basically called a hack for giving proper advice. So I was like, of you know what? You I'm, I'm done with this. I don't have right. energy. Right. So, cause you know, well, 17 year old internet kids know more than I do. Of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we've known each other for what, uh, eight, nine years now? Mm, yeah, seven, something like that. Seven, seven eight, eight, nine. nine somewhere around ten, there. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Right. Because we, we first met the Bloodborne Pathogens and just kept in contact through Facebook and, yeah, and, and conference uh, and whatnot. Yeah. Because back uh, when we first met, I was still in Ontario. Right. Uh, and we weren't that far away from each other. So, no, no. Yeah. So, uh, 
as as anybody that's listened to a few of these episodes know that uh, the people I'm speaking with are people that I know because it makes it easier on me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it makes it easier on me too because you know if it's someone you don't really know, you have that kind of awkward. Uh, I don't know what to talk to you about. Right. Uh, right. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. yeah, we met at uh, Jesse Vilmar's uh, Bloodborne Pathogens course. Yes. Uh, way back when um and yeah just kept in touch and referraled and things and then followed up at uh, the app conference uh, which i'm sad is not going on again this year but yeah um hopefully next year that seems to be the plan um (laughs) hopefully next year hopefully uh but yeah by this time next year though like everybody will be vaccinated right and and all the things theoretically um We'll see. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, um, everybody in the states will be vaccinated before us, so you know, there's that. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> I, I know. Right? Like, it was like a shit show for so long, and they're like, "Hey, everybody, here's the vac- It's Oprah, right? You know, vaccination for you, and a vaccination yeah. for you. Everybody gets a vaccination. My, uh, and my, here, we're like, ah, no, you're not a hundred. You don't get one. Yeah. So uh, my dad and his wife uh, live in Florida year round. And uh, she she just got vaccinated, which is awesome. He wasn't able to because he actually ended up in the hospital with uh, double lung pneumonia. So, Ooh. yeah, um, and a few other things, but not COVID. So that's good. He's home. He's fine. He's doing really good. He just had to heal up from that to be able to go and get his vaccine. Yeah, which, of course, makes sense, right? Right. So, um. Yeah. yeah, my uh, my mom actually uh, just got the vaccine a couple weeks nice. ago. Nice. Um, before my dad, which was kind of surprising because he's older. Uh, but I guess the doctor's office called her and like we have the you know whatever it is the I can never remember the name of the vaccine the third one. There's the AstraZeneca. Uh, yeah, that AstraZeneca. Yeah, that's the one. Um, they're like, we have it. Do you want it? And she's like, Yeah, I'll take it. So I was joking right. with her. I'm like, you know, are you getting the five G's? Is the Illuminati uh, <laughs> talking right. to you? She's like, no, yeah. no, I'm fine. You know, it's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. My mom got her first shot uh, about two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's exciting. And yeah. I'm pre-registered waiting for mine. Yeah, I like um like you said you have the full respirator and you're doing uh, the under the mask stuff. Um personally I'm going to wait until I'm uh, vaccinated because I am immunocompromised, so I don't want to take the extra chance if I don't want have to. No, totally, I get that. Um yeah. you know, I uh, I will always tell people to do what's within your comfort zone, of right? Course. Like I'm not going to not going to judge you for doing or not doing something. Right. Um, because it's your life to live and you have to judge the risks for yourself. Right. Right. And if you feel that that would put you at risk, then don't do it hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if it were up to me, I wouldn't wear anything. I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, that's just kind of, that's my brain. I mean, like I scrub tools with no hands back in the day. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> You scrub tools with no hands? How do you do it that? Was, uh, <laughs> uh, using, uh, I used the force. It was fine. <laughs> uh, I meant no gloves, not no hands. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> it's early here. Give me a break. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, things were different. I mean, I've been 
I'm on year 20 of piercing, so I can only imagine how much different it was when you you said 92? Yeah, 92. Yeah. Gloves weren't um, even required to pierce back then. Uh, well, technically, no, not really. Um, <laughs> you know, I could have been piercing without gloves and the health board probably wouldn't have batted an eye. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I always, I think back and I go, yeah, in some ways I was on the right track and I was doing the right things and I was so off base on other aspects. Right, right. Like doing actual piercings, like I was wearing gloves and doing all the things, but scrubbing tools, I, you know, no mask, no gloves, no apron, no, you know, in bleach. Yeah. (laughs) Like I didn't know anything about sterilization at that point, other than what I had sort of heard slash thought. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a wonder I didn't kill anybody, really. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for anybody listening to this, it's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that was happening. Don't forget that dentists didn't wear gloves or didn't have to wear gloves until the mid-80s, I believe. Yeah, mid to late 80s. Mid to late uh, I 80s. Say like, I'm yeah, 80, pretty anywhere, sure. I think it's between 84 and 87 and around there. I want to say I'm pretty sure I can remember my dentist being in my mouth without gloves when I was a child. Oh, I absolutely can. So absolutely. uh, Yeah. So, uh, Hey, it's, you know, it's, it's gross, but that was the standard at the time. We didn't know better. Now we do. So, uh, don't judge us for what we did back then by today's standards. Oh yeah. Like, you know, knowing what I know now, if I could go back, I would do it all completely differently. Mm Mm-hmm. like the right way um (laughs) exactly i was yeah i mean and i'll be the first to admit i was a hack for years years and years and years um you know i i was not a super great piercer and i used really shitty jewelry and and you know for years because i didn't know any better right um um, first studio i worked in was in a vacation town and it was basically a factory like get them in get them out use the uh unimax jewelry that you can get for you know 50 cents for the jewelry and needle in one package Uh (laughs) (laughs) send them on their way you're never going to see them again it's a vacation town who cares yeah um so yeah mine wasn't a vacation town but super small town ontario in right. the back of a record in a in the back of a used cd store <laughs> uh there was a little area we had a tattoo artist and me piercing nice and again um although i was doing good jewelry i was buying jewelry from uh tom brasda at okay. studios right so right. i was using good jewelry um but you know my cross-contamination was terrible and my sterilization was terrible oh man yeah (laughs) yeah it's um yeah it's it's kind of uh amazing how much we've learned over the years like my first piercing that i received was in the basement of a ucd record shop (laughs) so so i mean that was a thing that was a thing yeah um yeah i think uh even Luis Garcia, I think her his uh, first studio he worked at it was in a CD store as well. Was it? I I I cannot. I I, I, th- I seem to recall that again. Don't hold me to that. I could be completely wrong. Right, and Luis. If you're if you're listening to this, um, I love you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I seem to recall him telling me that. 
Um, so I think I like I think a lot of us older generation piercers kind of got our start in that area. Right. Yeah, um, because I mean, at the time it was a di much different subculture. Uh, it very much was a subculture, like right, and you know, it was certainly not mainstream like it is now. No, and it was a subculture that grew out of other subcultures, if that makes any sense. Well, I mean, obviously, anybody who knows the history of right. body piercing knows where it comes from. Um, hi, Jim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, Jim. So, Thank yes, you, exactly. <laughs> thanks, Jim. Thanks, Doug. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Fakir. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, all those all those guys that uh, started really, it. You know, well, brought it to the public eye. I mean, because yes. people have been doing piercings for you know thousands and thousands of years. Right. Um, it was just very underground. Very very underground. And you know, until, you know, kind of Jim and Gauntlets sort of started in 78, people didn't think about getting body piercing. No, right? they didn't. No. It's it's thanks to those forerunners that we are what we are now. And, you know, um, went from pretty much the, the gay leather scene in San Francisco to the punk scene picked it up. And then it just went from there. And then, you know, Aerosmith uh, crying video with, right, uh, Mr. Right. with, with Mr. King. Right, um, right. And of course, that was all around the early 90s, too. So we also had the uh, alternative culture exploding at that point. Right, um, right. With grunge and uh, the Seattle scene and um, Jim Rose, Circus Sideshow, like, you know, yeah. that kind of alternative subculture really exploded in that kind of 92 93 94 uh area so i mean like i kind of got into piercing at the right time yes because i have never been as busy since i was that time you know? wow yeah yeah i uh i got in like i said in 2000 and it took me a few years to find somewhere to to get an apprenticeship and looking back on it oh man I'm just going to do like an episode just on uh, like early day apprenticeship stories. <laughs> Apprenta what now? I never <laughs> did one of those. <laughs> Which, you know what? Like back in the day, that was not uncommon. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like I started piercing in the 80s, uh, piercing myself. Right. Um, you know, and then sort of piercing my friends and things like that. So it wasn't until the like, yeah, 91, 92 is when I got into a shop. Um, and then with the advent of uh, BME, that's yeah. when I kind of realized, oh, there's there's people I can talk to about this. Right. You know, so, I mean, I was part of the I Am Learning Forum uh, on BME for years and years and years. Um, thanks, Warren. Um, <laughs> yeah, throwing out all these names. Um <laughs> But again, like that was a big part of my figuring out like, oh, I'm doing that wrong or I don't know how to do that. Who can I ask? Right. Right. Um, that was sort of my, <laughs> I don't want to say apprenticeship because like I, I kind of figured out how to do it, uh, but it was honing those skills. I think. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and then from there, just working with other piercers and meeting other piercers and networking and all of that. And it wasn't until I actually took the secure courses in, I was early 2000s or, uh, oh no, I guess I don't even know. <laughs> early 2000s, <laughs> 2005, I think is when I took the, the Fakir intensives. Okay. Um, and which was, I highly suggest for anybody who's never done it. Um, I do strongly recommend taking them just to get that different perspective on body piercing. Right. Um, cause if anybody knows how Fakir was, he was very much about the esoteric and the, the magic of what yes. we do. Yes. Um, and you can, you know, take that with belief or with a grain of salt, whatever, like you do you, but just the way that they approach it is uh, just a really different perspective. And I think it's beneficial for piercers to get more than one perspective, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. I think I have not done the, uh, the fear, cor- the, the Fakir courses. I'm going to also learn how to speak apparently. <laughs> um, Words are hard. I- I've talked with a lot of people that have, and um, uh, do you know Kelsey uh, Seifert? Uh, yes, I want to say. Um, uh, like, very, like, very, very sort of right. casually. I think, so, like, met once or twice. Right. Um, she's uh, she's here one day a week now. Well, not right now, because Ontario recording this during the shutdown. But, yeah, so she did the uh, Fakir courses. Um, so it's just neat talking and, uh, we do the same thing. So we do all our kids piercings on Wednesdays, like you guys do yeah. so that we can both just, you know, boom, both ears done one shot. Yeah. It's yeah, you know, way less uh, traumatic for the, for the little one. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. actually until I moved to BC, I had never done tandem piercing with anyone. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, because I pretty much always worked like in a studio with tattoo artists. I never right. worked with another piercer. Uh, the only time I worked with another piercer is when I had an apprentice. Um, and even then, we didn't uh, tandem pierce. I was just, you know, was he was watching me or I was watching over him. Right. Um, you know, out of all the apprentices I've ever had, he's the only one who's ever successfully completed a piercing apprenticeship and moved on to be a piercer. Oh, okay. Cool. And that um, that was uh, Tommy Arthur, who's working out of uh, Lucky Devil in Newmarket and Exotics uh, a couple of days a week, I think. Oh, okay. With with okay. Uh, six. With six, yeah. Yeah, yeah. At least he was. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in quite a while, so I don't right. know if he's still doing that. But I know he uh, he is working out of Newmarket and uh, cool. doing really well. You know, awesome. Super proud of that kid. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. So when you're not piercing, what are you doing? Uh, well, currently a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, trying not to drink too much. And right. uh, uh, yeah, I read. I read a lot. Um, you know, now that the weather's getting nicer, I'm going to try and get back into doing some uh, doing golfing again, getting back into golf. Golfing? Yeah, I know. I know. You're like, what? <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing, but it's four hours that I don't have to think about anything. I have, don't have to do it. I just have to chase a little white ball down the field. Right. Um, you know, I'm not good by any stretch of the imagination. I'm actually a really terrible golfer. But, you know, it's 
something that it, it just it's fun i don't know i don't know why because for years i was like golf that's the most dumb thing ever right but but no it's actually uh it's pretty good and it gets me out of the house I mean, right kind of you know because like, i uh, don't do anything really and it's just a long walk right yeah a yeah. very long walk um uh, yeah i've uh my extent of golfing is doing the driving range once in a while yeah I, that's it's totally yeah. fun yeah you but know. like 15 years ago i tore my my rotator cuff so swinging a golf club is actually extremely difficult for me yeah i can understand that um yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know driving range for you know 20 minutes is good yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah um even like um i used to really enjoy shooting pool and uh, yeah i guess that would be super sucky with uh I can get about two games in and then I'm done. Yeah. 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 I used to play a lot of pool. Um, but again, just sort of fell by the wayside as yeah. time went on. Cause you know, who's got time for that. <laughs> right. Well, also I think we're about the same age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're close. Anyway. We're close. And so like growing up uh, in Ottawa, we had Mr. Arcade which always had a bunch of pool tables and like arcade and pool tables always went hand in hand. And yes. then you get uh, to We the- had a place like that in Aurelia. Um, and I can't remember the name because it's been closed for decades now. Right. Um, right. But, then- but yeah, same sort of idea. It had like all the arcade games in the front and then the pool tables in the back. Right. And then you get to the and, age where you, you migrate from the arcade to the bars and pubs. And at that time, the vast majority of them also had at least one or two pool tables somewhere in the bar. Yeah. And you'd spend all night playing pool for drinks. And... Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Throwing your yeah. I out. never did that. Never, ever, never. <laughs> yeah. 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 I played, uh, played a lot of pool over the years. Um, was in a, uh, in a league for a oh, while. Nice. Um, short lived because uh, I was just like, eh, I don't, I don't want to do this. It's dumb. Uh, <laughs> I don't like organized sports with right. teams very much because I I'd get frustrated very easily with other people. <laughs> so you're a piercer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, and of course our studio is uh, piercing only, so I don't work with tattoo artists. You right. Know that. <laughs> um, I, I mean, some of my best friends are tattoo artists, and I love them dearly. But you know, I'm so happy not having to work with them. Right. Whereas my studio went from piercing only to the universe throwing me an opportunity, and now we're piercing and tattooing. Well, I mean, as a as a business model, uh, you know, to have that extra income, why not? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that the key is just finding the right artist. Yes, and these are two artists that I worked with in the past, so it was an easy transition. Oh, so yeah, you know their work ethic and know yeah. how they are, and yeah, yeah, because I've worked with some pretty big babies over the years. <laughs> no, surely no. you jest. <laughs> I, I'm serious, and don't call me Shirley. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's um. Yeah, moving to BC like and moving into a piercing only uh, studio was uh, really eye opening. Right. Because um, I, of course, being in small town Ontario, was always under the impression you needed 
that tattooing to bring in the income. Right. right. Um, um, are both locations tat- uh, piercing only? Yes. Nice. Uh, so yeah, uh, the Kamloops location has two, well, I guess technically four and a half piercers. Um, they have uh, Jenna and Theo both pierced um, and then Maddie Sawchuk and Shanda Pelton Okay. Um, both Pierce, and then they have a junior piercer, uh, Angie, who uh, finished her apprenticeship officially this year um, and is uh, in piercing like one or two days a week. Okay. And then at my location, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just um, you? Just me, yeah. No uh, an, so, uh, counter or anything like that? No, no counter, no. So um, let's talk about that for a minute, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, so when I had, when I was piercing only, um, for the first year and a half, it was just me with no counter. How, Mm -hmm. like there were days where it was great. It was just like, you know, it was lined up perfectly. because I tried to do appointment only, but then there were days where I would just have like 10, 15 people in the waiting room. And it's like, just me going, you know, chicken with a head cut off. Um, how did you, uh, how do you, how are, how are you doing it? Cause I was always trying to give everybody like undivided attention. Right. And yeah. Um, so I think in one aspect being in the midst of a pandemic has made that super easy. Right. Because I can, I can limit who's in the studio. Right. Right. Uh, try to do appointment only. Um, of course, I do take walk-ins as I can because I can. Right. Um, but yeah, I try to do appointment only limiting who's in the studio. So like when people come, I'm like, you're allowed to bring one person with you. Um, you know, if you have a group of people, they're going to have to go away. Like, right. Yeah. My space is not very, very big. Like it's, it's a fair size, but you know, our waiting area is pretty small. So you get six people in there and you can't move. Like it's crowded. Right. So Um, like, we're not allowed to have anybody besides the person that's having an appointment come in. So um, with the exception being a minor than a parent or a legal guardian. Right. So, yeah. you know, friends want to come in for that bonding piercing experience together. It's like one of you is waiting outside. Sorry. Yeah. Again, I think because of um, we're not quite as strict. Um, I would say like, I know in uh, in Kamloops they're they're limiting that for sure, like right? One person in the room, uh, but because I'm only getting two people in at a time, if that's right, uh, I'm a little more lenient about it, right? Um, because I can be, you know, it's, right. you know, and everybody again wearing the masks and doing all the things, so like everybody's staying safe. And um, um, but yeah, a couple Saturdays ago, um, I had my busiest day ever. And it got a little frustrating being the only person there. Like, okay, I got to get your paperwork. I got to get your jewelry in the autoclave. I got to do aftercare. I got to right. do all the things. Right. Like, so, yeah, kind of running around chicken with a head cut off, but still organized chaos, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Um, like, when I opened up being, knowing that I was going to be here by myself, um, I got um, like a voice over IP phone. Uh, which also had an auto attendant to it. So people would call in phone wouldn't even ring. They just get all the basic information. And then if they needed to leave a message or talk to somebody, they could hit one or whatever it was set up for. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then I use stab pad. Thanks, Joltron. Um, <laughs> so, you know, people come in, they just scan a QR code with their phone. I look at their ID and they just do everything on that. So it's basically kind of doing the self checkout for body <laughs> piercing. No. I mean, you know, uh, as technology becomes more and more uh, prevalent and available, I think, you know, eventually all of the studios will be kind of going that direction. Right. And um, um, I was using a point of sale system where once you booked in online, you had to leave your credit or debit card to mm -hmm. confirm your reservation. So once you were done, I just hit charge. So you're not even touching a POS terminal. But uh, then I looked at how much the fees were racking up. And I was just like, not that convenient. <laughs> yeah, when the when the cost outweighs the benefit, it's certainly not. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. When you're paying over two, three hundred dollars a month in just debit card fees, not that convenient. Yeah, no, understandably. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, I mean, our POS is pretty straightforward. Um, we've actually disabled online booking. Okay. Um, because again, we're trying to limit, like we've extended all of our appointment time. So right. you know, instead of half an hour for our appointment, we're booking 45 minutes to an hour. Same here. Uh, just because we have to do all the extra cleaning and mm -hmm. all the things, right? Um, right? So, and again, having people call in, we can just kind of be like, all right, this is our time, you know, da, 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 da right? Right. So it's uh, kind of made it easier, but yeah, in the before times we had online booking and, and all the things. So people would just yeah. book willy nilly. So we've left online booking for piercings. We've disabled it. Well, we've never had it enabled for tattooing because that would just be a nightmare. Oh, that's, yeah. I, uh, I did actually with one POS I worked with a few years ago when I was still in Barry, um, I, enabled online booking for tattooing and it was the worst decision i ever made oh man yeah because people are just like oh, i only need an hour for this back piece <laughs> yeah what do you mean what do you mean you can't get a sleeve done in 20 minutes like yeah well so, i can but you're gonna hate it <laughs> right we were toying with the idea of doing online bookings for like tattoo consults where it's like no it's just easier if you call in and make the appointment over the phone yeah exactly um or come in in person you know right uh, when 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 you can of right course, like because like, that's not yeah. an option so i don't know like in ontario right now they are changing the rules so frequently it's hard like to keep on top of what we're allowed and not allowed to do yeah uh and you know we so ontario is in this weird color-coded system that goes from gray to white or sorry from green what is it green yellow orange red gray and then it's either black or white i can't remember which color they're using now so green is like pretty much fully open yellow a yeah. little bit of restrictions orange orange red and gray so gray is locked down but you're allowed to be open at 25 percent. so we would technically be allowed to be open in the gray zone just yellow orange red and gray zones not allowed to have any under the mask procedures and then the white black zone is completely shut down but i don't even know if that exists anymore and yeah i i've been following sort of what's going on there and i'm just 
I understand the frustrations of the business owners because, um, like, one day you can do this, but you know, three hours later you can't. It, yeah, yeah, yes, uh, like, super. Like, I honestly don't know how you guys drop the ball so bad. I really don't. Um, uh, and I think at this point they're just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, yeah, yeah. The apparently right now we are having the strictest measures ever in Ontario for lockdown, yet almost everything is open. Yeah, but this time last year you were in full lockdown. Correct. So that's Correct. far more stringent than <laughs> what like uh Doug Ford needs to start smoking crack like his brother did, and uh maybe he'll get some sense. I uh, <laughs> I I saw a TikTok where somebody was like, Hey Doug, your brother Rob was better than you on his worst drunk crack day. Which, which sad but true which is i mean <laughs> like you know rob ford was a he was a great mayor of toronto like let's let's be real he was a great mayor he did a lot of great things his he, personal he life just, was a shambles but, it was and uh i yeah uh yeah like i think but, there's a lot going on that he was self-medicating for which is a shame um but sadly not uncommon but sadly not uncommon and uh I wish there was more addictions and mental health help out there for everyone. Did not mean for this episode to take that turn, but it is. So whatever. Yeah, no, and I fully agree. I think um, addiction and street entrenchment and all these things need to be treated as mental health issues as opposed to criminal issues. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, I'm a huge proponent of that. Yeah. I can't remember which, uh, country it is but there is a country who's decriminalized you know pretty much all um, narcotics yeah it's a uh, portugal and it's uh, portugal yes yeah well, there's, and, been, there's been a few other countries but it's i think portugal was the first one and it's called the portugal model um which is which is really good but it's i mean there's always room for improvement on it yeah and, um, um so I, just a little bit i do know i know they've seen like staggering improvements on you know, addictions and yep. street infringements yeah. and, you know, of course, like with any model improvements can be made. I right. mean, that's kind of the, the mm. human condition is always moving forward and trying to get better. Right. Right. And I believe I reading earlier this year, late last year, that BC has at the provincial level elected to basically do something like the Portugal model, but they have to wait on the federal government to give them the go-ahead. Uh, yeah, I seem to recall reading something about that. Again, I think it was like early early this year, late last year. Um, but I don't know enough about it to comment. That's... I, would love to, I would love to see that happen, though. Right. Um, you know, because street entrenchment is a pretty big problem out here. Right, yes. Um, sadly, um... Um, but it is what it is, right? Right. Um, I mean, let's let's be honest. Our industry, a ton of people have addiction issues. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's um, be like. Oh, yeah. I absolutely. I I will not uh, not sugarcoat that at all. I mean, it's. I don't. I don't think it's quite as prevalent now as it was like in the you know late nineties, early two thousands. Um, I, I think back yes. in that time frame piercers were literally rock stars right um 
Yeah. You know, like I, I recall, you know, in that time frame, like going to parties and like, oh, you're a piercer. And, you know, people offering me everything under the sun because I was the coolest cat in the room. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, I know I know how easy it can be, but I also you could I, again, I'm just kind of talking at my ass here because I don't really know <laughs> about what today's you know piercers are doing. But I know like alcohol is a big issue for a lot of piercers. Right. Um, you know, like it's easy. Like I've had a crappy day. I'm going to come home. I'm going to drink some beer or drink some whiskey or do whatever just to unwind. And then you're drinking, you know, half the night away. And then you're drinking all the time. Like it just, it's an easy spiral. It is. It is for sure. Our job is not easy. Um, it, it really isn't. We have to be on all the time. Yep. Uh, it's very stressful. I mean, yeah, what we do literally takes seconds, but in those, you know, 30 seconds of piercing, we're under as a lot of stress because there's so much we have to think about. Right? And there, that and add in social media and getting messaged pretty much 24 seven. Yeah. And then feeling like a jerk for not responding right away or, you know, Hey, I'm out with some friends tonight. I'm not going to answer my phone. Like I'm actually in the process of, this is going to sound ridiculous to everybody. And I know how ridiculous this sounds. (laughs) I'm in the process of actually carrying two phones, one that only has Wi-Fi on it. And that's the one that has all my business um, contacts. So if I'm not in an area that I've set up Wi-Fi, it's not going to work. And I can play on my personal cell phone and not have to be like, oh, it's midnight and, you know, I'm at home watching a movie, blah, blah, blah. And my phone going off every five minutes because somebody... People have expectations that you should be available 24-7. Right, um, like, and yeah, I think that was a hard boundary for me to set as well. It is, it is. Um, but, um, you know, it, it, you set those boundaries and stick to them. And, you know, I think carrying two phones will be a little bit ridiculous. I don't think you is. need to do that. No, it, but, it's, I'm totally ridiculous. <laughs> well, I, yes, you are. I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit that. Uh, <laughs> love you, buddy. Um, no, I just like, hey, you know what? I'm going to answer within reasonable time frames right you know anything past eight o'clock at night you know like forget about it you know you're allowed to have a life and you're allowed to you know be off um because nobody can be expected to work all the time and then that is uh, a really unfair expectation for the public to have of Um, us and 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 it's unfair of that to put our pressure on ourselves for that right that's just you know and to what do I uh, burnout happens so much exactly exactly and to any of my clients that are listening to this right now keep messaging me i will get back to you um i am not upset that you message me at two in the morning just don't expect me to answer at two in the morning <laughs> i've actually uh made that part of my aftercare spiel um like i said i leave my aftercare spiel i always say like i'm available for any problems any questions anything like that here's my contact info I probably will not answer your message at 2 a.m. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I say that to people as well. I'm like, uh, I'm like at about 6 p.m. on a Saturday, 
till about noon on a Tuesday, you will not get a response from me. If it looks like it's something super urgent, I will. If you're just asking me the price of something, you're going to wait. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, setting up those kind of stock answers too on right. like if you're using Facebook Messenger, for example. Right. You're like, hey, you know, our prices are on our website. You know, go here. Or... Exactly. And my Facebook Messenger has been doing something weird where it's a bot just takes over and it's like, cool, what's your number? And I'm just like, how do I turn this off? Yeah, and... yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Facebook. This is making my life harder now. Yeah, I've noticed uh, that's kind of popped up on our business uh, messaging as well. It's right. like, and I'm, you know, hi, can we? How can we help you? It's like I didn't write that. No, Ooh. no, it's it's a total weird Facebook bot thing that I don't know how to turn off, and I feel bad for the clients because they think they're talking to somebody, and I, yeah. I've started like answering when I say I'm like, hey, I don't know what these auto responses are, and I don't know how to turn it off. Just ignore them. <laughs> yeah, happy face, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, getting back to uh, our conversation about um, social media and pressures on piercers, the the flip side of that too is other piercers. Like, let's look at the uh, the learning forum. Right. Um, you know, and for, I, I've been on it for a long time now, but I know somebody would post a critique or an unpopular opinion and get ripped to shreds. Right. You know, and that is super, you know, hard on, on an individual. I mean, especially when they're trying to like, you know, get advice from their peers or maybe a little praise from their peers because they're really proud of what they've done. And then getting put on blast and being told to retire because you're a hack or whatever. Right. Like that's mentally exhausting. It is. And I think that's why you don't see a lot of people post critique pics anymore in that <laughs> forum. Well, I mean, it, that forum did get a lot better after a certain individual was <laughs> uh, removed. Right. Right. Um, not going to mention any names right well <laughs> uh many many years ago i purchased a t-shirt from said individual and now i'm like oh you're making tiktoks today. i guess i'm not wearing that shirt so <laughs> i mean i don't want to burn it because i've paid money for it already yeah the uh that individual that whole scenario like really kind of took me by surprise yeah because uh, i had no idea that person was like that same here and I had felt that we were pretty good friends, uh, but not. So yeah, yeah, that's been a few people in the last few years, actually. <laughs> yes, uh, and one I don't want to say fairly recently, but within the, within the last year. Yeah, um, um, and and we, you know who I'm talking about. And yep, yep. Again, we'll, we'll mention names. No names. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot. A lot has happened in our industry in the last few years, which has shed light on some very dark corners. Yes. And I am very glad to see it. Um, you know, yep. and because our industry really is so new. Yes. Um, I think this is just part of the growing pains of our industry. And I mean, it's necessary. It's, it shouldn't be, but. But it, it is. is. And, it is. And let's, and, you know, we're all you know, terrible people at heart. Right. So. 
culture, like on, on the forums and I was like in all the forums and all the things and I've really stepped back because uh, I don't have energy for it. Um, I've, I've done that to a degree as well. And then it's just like, you know what, I'm not going to argue with you anymore. I'm just going to take you off my, my social feed and not talk because there's no point. You know, yeah. I mean, in certain things, it's absolutely, we can agree to disagree other things. It's like, no, you are just a horrible right way of saying things or thinking or whatever, whatever the case may be. It's just like, all right. You know, I don't have to associate with you, so I'm not going to. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I think we're going to have to get close to wrapping it up because my Zoom uh, recording limit is getting reached. Yeah, it seems we've been <laughs> chit-chatting for about an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but no, it was great talking to you. That yeah, was fantastic. Yes. Uh, I hope everyone out there liked the chaos of this podcast because it was kind of all over the place, which was fun. Yeah. Um, and do you want to sign off with uh, who you is again and uh, your socials? Yeah, I can do. All right. So it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Ken Seiler. Um, you can find me under that on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is at PiercerGuy, uh, you know, or I can be found at uh, Instinct adornments.com uh, is our web shop website and yeah and you're in uh you're in Kelowna, and i'm in right? uh Kelowna, bc canada oh, perfect cool yeah yeah it was awesome chatting with you ken and uh love to maybe do a part two at some point in time yeah i, I would love to do this again uh thanks for having me on jay uh super awesome and happy to see your smiling face oh it's good to see you as well yeah i usually only get to see you in vegas so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Lately, anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs>